0: That no matter where you go in the world, human beings seek a spiritual connection,
1: yeah.
0: and uh, and it doesn't matter what that spiritual connection looks like. it's that we we're all looking for something deeper than what we see around us? So whether it's uh, a witch doctor in a market in Ghana, or a um, or a Tibetan monk in a mountain in China. Uh, you know, those, those particular professionals, the monk, the, the witch doctor, they are, they are living a life that people either aspire to or seek advice from. And, uh, and they, they look very different in, in their presentation. You know, they, they, they wear different clothes and they, they act in different ways, but they, they both embody the uh, idea
1: that we are more than just what we see. Hello, I'm June Hark. I'm the founder and creative director of slow fashion brand, Minionette London. Welcome to our talks where we explore conscious style and the art of transformation. Today, I'd love to welcome my guest who is the founder of Happy Healthy Holistic, which is an online and physical wellbeing space. She works with high level leaders and clients across the world in venues as diverse as Kensington Palace to Holloway Prison. As part of her wide training, which includes an MA, she has also danced with witch doctors in Africa and meditated with monks in Tibet. However, amongst all of her practices, she has a firm belief that there is one very simple practice that can actually transform us, and that is the art of breathing. So I would love to welcome Amy Appleby. Hi Amy, thanks for joining. Thank you for having me. It's lovely to be here. Oh, wonderful! Can you tell us a little bit more about some of the therapies that you practice?
0: Absolutely. I I have uh, I take qualifications in holistic massage and reflexology. I am an Asui Reiki master. I have done a qualification in something called the Lebed, Le, the Lebed method, which is. Um, a system which helps people with chronic health conditions. It's a movement program. And I have an adult teaching qualification. So I combine all of these things with, um, with a background in yoga and meditation and, um, and lots of continuing professional development, it, with things like stretching. Uh, I combine all of these things to create uh, the programs that I run for people. Wonderful. And have you always been interested in, in complementary therapies? I don't think it was something that I was conscious of, although uh, when I was a child, I had a, a number of chronic health conditions, including allergies, and um, I was covered head to toe with psoriasis actually. So it's not very glamorous, but as a child, I was, um, I was constantly having all sorts of medical interventions and on special diets. So my parents would uh, put me on special diet from a very young age to try to help me. And we had, um, we had products in our home that had no scent, things like that. So things to try to stop the allergic reactions. And, um, and so I just took that as kind of normal. And it wasn't until I was at uni that I realized that I also was lactose intolerant. And until I was in my uh, late 30s that I realized I was celiac. And so I, all of those things led me to realize that things are not always as you see. So I could eat all those things, but I was sick, whereas everyone around me wasn't. And it was only through those processes that I became more aware of other ways of doing things. Um, On top of that, when I was at university, we had a a PE requirement in order to to graduate. And I'm not sporty in any way, I'm more of a bookworm. And so uh, to to get through my PE requirement, the only thing I could get away with doing, besides things like tennis, which I would be terrible at, was uh, yoga and meditation. So I thought I was getting a free pass. I thought I was having an easy run by doing yoga and meditation so that I would just be able to get on and and finish my degree. But actually it was completely transformational. So uh, doing yoga and meditation at university, whereas it was meant to be something that I just did and got, got, did to get through it, has actually uh, determined the course of my life.
1: Oh, wow. Can you tell me a bit about what you studied?
0: Well, I studied, uh, initially I studied anthropology uh, and with a focus on women, And women in Africa, actually, was my greatest interest. And then I went on and did a master's degree in international development at SOAS. So I was really interested in culture and uh, what makes us tick, how cultures influence how we think, and interested in um, what makes us
1: unique, but also very, very similar. Yes. Yes. Super interesting. So, can you, I mean, you've had some incredible world experiences. You've danced with witch doctors in Africa. You've uh, meditated with monks in Tibet. Um, and I'm sure lots of other things. Can you can you tell us about what pearls of wisdom you, you've taken from all of those different things? Absolutely. I just wanted to just
0: set the record straight, though. I didn't meditate with monks in Tibet. I meditated with Tibetan monks in China. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I- Oh, no, it's fine. It doesn't matter. I just, you know, just if this is going to go out into the world, I just want to make it accurate. So, um, yeah, I, um, you wanted me to talk about the the commonalities. Is that what you asked me?
1: Well, yes, that I think is super interesting. But is there, you know, um, like one thing that you think are oh, from Africa? I, I took that back with me and from the monks, I took that back with me. Is there some, you know, do you feel that there are things that you took or did it all melt, melt, go into one melting pot? Well, I think I think what I found
0: was that um, that no matter where you go in the world, human beings seek a spiritual connection. And uh, and it doesn't matter what that spiritual connection looks like, is that we we're all looking for something deeper than what we see around us. So whether it's uh, a witch doctor in a market in Ghana or a um, or a Tibetan monk in a mountain in China Uh, You know, those those particular professionals, the monk, the the witch doctor, they are they are living a life that people either aspire to or seek advice from. Mm -hmm. And uh, and they they look very different in in their presentation. You know, they 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 wear different clothes and they they act in different ways, but they they both embody the uh, idea that we are more than just what we see. Mm -hmm. and so um I think that's what I took away from it was the idea that uh, no matter where you go in the world you can access wisdom and it comes in ways that uh look different but it's the same wisdom
1: yeah well don't you think we especially in the west have become quite dissociated from that that spiritual connection and actually it can be seen as oh no 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 no, no, I'm, I'm not spiritual and yeah, pe- people turn away from it, um, potentially because of how religion is is portrayed. And actually, that's, I don't think they're there the same necessarily. They can be the same, but no, no, they're not the same. Yeah. I think they're very different. Yeah. So, yeah, just this idea that people have become uh, almost quite, because they maybe see it as the same, there is this turn away and then a cut off. So, you know, this idea of I, I, one of the things that I love coaching is about this idea of leading with purpose. And what I mean by that is also your own purpose, following your own purpose and yours will be different to mine. And also this idea of, you know, using your intuition in your work more. Absolutely. I know when I say these things, some people really get it and they or, or they're, they they felt it and they kind of know how to access it. And some people, it's just they have no idea. What this thing is and how to access it and what on earth is your purpose? How would you know? How would how do you follow your intuition? What is it? Is that the gut feel? Or is there a way that you have found it's easy to get to help people tap into that and and recognize that feeling?
0: I think, like you said, in, in our sort of modern way of living, we are so incredibly disconnected, not only with things beyond us, but with ourselves. And so the first place that you have to start is with yourself because if you can't if you're disconnected from who you are and your mind is just running with all the things going on around you it's it's not possible to be connected with anything beyond that because you're it's almost like you're in constant television distraction mode. Yeah. So our lives are um our modern lives are really about chasing our tail. We're very very rarely still and calm and grounded and I think if you want to follow your intuition trust your intuition or even be aware of your intuition you have to be aware of you first okay. and then once you become aware of you the rest of it becomes more clear it's it's kind of like we all live in this haze of modern chaos and this year has been fascinating because it has forced us to stop and it's and I haven't seen so many recently, but you know, back in the summer and in the autumn, there were so many memes about how we really realize what's important, how this year has really taught us what's important. And I think think that it's been a really practical lesson in stopping, noticing and becoming more aware. Mm.
2: Um,
0: And so the answer to your question would be to help people to become more aware of their intuition, they have to actually become more aware of them first. And then, and that's what I help people to do. I help them to, to unplug all of the modern sort of chaos that's plugged into us, yeah. become more aware of themselves, ground themselves so that they can then choose what they want to connect with rather yeah. than just be have like radio signals coming in with messages from the whole world, you know, drink Coca Cola, buy this, go on holiday here. Uh, what's your work life balance? Are you working enough? You know, just all this stuff that we. That we take as normal is not normal and we have gotten to this habit pattern um way as a as a as a culture mm-hmm. of being completely disconnected from ourselves but really plugged in to this distraction from who we are so if you can bring yourself back to you then you can choose what you tune into so if you want to connect to your intuition you have to you have to be able to choose and to do that you have to be able to see so i think i'm rambling now but i think you uh, okay all, all well and good but how does one do that then so i i start with the very very basic which is breathing okay so so breathing is something we do from the moment we're born to the moment we die and we don't think about it we just breathe we uh it's it's what we are but we don't realize that we can control it and If you can become more conscious of your breathing, that is the very first step to everything else that we we just talked about. But it also is the most powerful step to taking control of your life. So I start at the beginning, which is breathing, because a baby's born, and the first thing that it does, if it's going to be a part of this world, is breathe. And the last thing we do is we breathe, and then we stop. So I start with breathing, and, yeah. And I mean, I can keep going on or we could try it. Would you like to try it? I want to try it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay, well, so um, so basically, uh, unless something's going on in your life that would require you to think about the factor of breathing, you don't think about it. So if you're short of breath, you run, you run for the bus or you are really upset with someone um, or you're not well, your breathing might be affected. But otherwise, you don't you don't notice it. So if you feel comfortable doing this with everybody watching us, uh, if you put one hand on your chest and one on your belly, okay? Okay, like that. Yeah? and if you, the people who are watching, if you want to participate, this is a nice, uh, nice opportunity for you to become more aware. <laughs> and, um, and if you feel comfortable closing your eyes, please do, but you don't have to, but it's useful. And the reason that you close your eyes is because it allows you to focus on you and not on anyone else. Okay. And all I want you to do is notice that you're breathing. So you don't need to change how you breathe. You don't need to breathe faster or slower, anything like that. Just notice. And because we're doing a podcast, I won't keep you doing that for very long. But I just want you to take two or three breaths in and out at your own
2: pace. And when you're ready, open your eyes. Okay so generally, what people say to me is,
0: "'Oh, I didn't realize I was breathing like that, and mm-hmm. do you have any feedback or anything you want to say, or is it just quite personal
2: yeah i um
1: I suppose today was a running around day, and it forced me to slow. I know you said don't change your breathing, but I felt it was a little bit fast and I just, okay, that feels a bit too fast for
2: what I think it should be. So I'm going to just be a bit slower.
0: Absolutely. Um, so you you noticed that it was faster than you had realized. Yes. Correct? Yeah. Because that's what happens is we we're not aware. We're running on autopilot and we don't realize that we're, that we're breathing in a way that may not be in our best interests and it doesn't it's not going to harm you if you're breathing fast but you will feel calmer if you're breathing slower yes so we i i could spend an hour doing this i could spend a lifetime doing this but actually um uh, what you want is to just become aware that you can control your breathing and you did it without me having to tell you so if i was in a session with someone I would be um, then talking about how to moderate your breathing, how to make it a bit lower, a bit slower, about uh, how to raise your awareness in other ways. And I can't do that now because we haven't got time. Yeah. But I think the most important thing is to start with becoming aware that you're breathing. Just notice it. Become more conscious of the fact that you're doing it. And when you do that, it uh, it starts to open up a whole lot of awareness about other things. So if you try this again when you're not, with me. What you might notice is that, oh, my jaw, I'm clenching my jaw or gosh, my toes are tight or wow, I could really adjust my posture a bit. So there's things that suddenly you become aware of that you hadn't noticed until you stopped and started breathing. So I would say that uh, the most powerful initial thing that you can do is just to stop and notice. And after that, you just increase your awareness, and you can moderate your breathing. You can change it so that um, when you're lying in bed at night and your mind is racing and you can't fall asleep, become aware of your breathing. Yeah. Try to breathe a little bit slower and to breathe a little bit lower. And what you'll find is you'll you'll start to relax mm-hmm. in a way where previously you might have found that your mind just got worse and worse and worse, and you've got more and more panicked and thought, "I'm not going to get enough sleep. I don't know what I'm going to do." Whereas if you can take control of that situation by moderating your breathing you will, well, you'll start yourself on a process of feeling more connected with you. And then from there, like I said, you can choose whether you want to panic about the morning or choose whether you want to visualize how you want your sleep to be. Mm -hmm. And then when you start to visualize what you want, you start on a path where you can make choices to get there.
1: So what does one do beyond that then? So once you start becoming more aware and more conscious... because you you said you know you can make this
0: choice yes well I think I think the thing is the world is our oyster the world's your oyster you can be anything you want to be you just have to make those choices and I think that a lot of people don't make those choices because they have either forgotten that they have the power to do that Mm
2: -hmm.
0: or they have been told that they can't and they have believed the people who told them or they believed the messages that they see on billboards, or they believe that they're not like this, so therefore they can't be like that. And actually, we are all 100% in control of our lives, and we choose our path. And if you stop and unplug and think about who you are and start to visualize what you want, you will create this. Paving stones, the slabs, the the foundation that will get you to the next step. And I'm not saying that tomorrow I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be, I don't know, a supermodel. Nothing. <laughs> I'd have to work very, very hard and make some really big changes to my <laughs> chocolate intake if I wanted to be a supermodel. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, if that was a goal, which yeah. I just make clear it's not. But if it was a goal of mine, I, I could start a process I could choose to start the process to make that happen I could I can choose how I dress I could choose the type of hairstyle I have I can choose the people that I connect with the people I mix with I can choose the places that I go to I can choose the the food that I eat so that I weigh a bit less than I do and I'm not making any judgments about body image but I'm just saying if I wanted to be a supermodel I would have to change my body I'd have to start going going to the gym more you know there's so many things that I could do to take control of the path that I'm on and I think that a lot of us just say, "I'm never going to get there," so I'm I'm just going to do this, or I'll do the second best thing, or I'll, yeah. I'll, you know, I'm secure. I'll just stick with this, and we don't we don't reach for what we we don't reach for what we're capable of. So I think uh, what the next step is really thinking about who you are, thinking about what you want, and thinking about how to make it happen. And people who are successful didn't just become successful; they they had a vision. Yes, and they work towards it and that's how you that's how anything happens it's visualizing what you want and creating it everything begins with
1: thought absolutely absolutely yeah well I mean so with my brand Minionettes uh, Minionette London uh, I I really see transformation as one of the central themes of it and being that you know when you put these clothes on you sort of transform but actually all it's doing is bringing out the best that's in you. And today, that could be different to what's inside you tomorrow. You might feel slightly differently tomorrow and want to project a different mm-hmm. quality. Um, and so one of the things is it's very much how we can use these tools. And so they can be absolutely a dress that makes you feel great and presents helps you present yourself in a certain way to the world. But a lot of it is really It's about what's inside and just being able to tease out those things. And I I love how we we can use these tools that we find um, in life, whether that's a dress or it's shoes or it's um, somebody that you meet and having that person in your head, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense, an idea, a vision. But with your therapies, is there, apart from the breathing, are there other things you think that really help people transform into their best and who they want to be
0: well so I I uh, teach a technique called the stop technique and it originated from a um a guru in India called Osho he came from a place called Pune in India and um, he's a bit of a controversial guru I mean most are and uh but is wow. he controversial oh well I I don't sure how much time you want to spend on it but uh in the 70s or 80s, he went to America, bought up a bunch of land and, uh, and was accused of sort of taking over the town. Probably this isn't the best, <laughs> the best strategy to talk about him. But, but I, think, I think the thing, actually, it's a good lesson in that we are all imperfect. Mm. So we, we can strive for something and we can have wisdom and insight and we can also have flaws. So we are, we are all completely human. So Osho himself, whether you believe he was anything other than human or not was had flaws and perfections regardless of that he taught a technique called the stop technique and it involves stopping it is a mindfulness technique and it is i mean i don't think it was called a mindfulness technique then but it is basically essentially a mindfulness technique and what you do is you stop So for you and everybody else who's watching this, whatever you're doing, whether you're watching now, whether you're walking around and uh, dusting while you're listening to this or whether uh, if you're driving the car, don't stop. But if you're if you're sitting and having a bowl of soup, just when I say stop, I want you to just stop. okay? and then when you do that, I want you to just observe what you feel. So it's a bit like the breathing, but you're taking it to another level. Okay, so you're not just going to observe your breathing, but you're going to observe everything. You're gonna notice how you're sitting, how the air feels on your skin, how you, how your heart's racing or not, whether you feel uh, hungry, whether you can hear the birds outside, whether there's traffic, you're gonna notice. So this just again is another way of unplugging. So if we were all living in nature, if we were all hunters and gatherers and uh, out in nature, living as we were intended we wouldn't have to do these things because they would just be a part of who we are but we've lost our connection so this is our way to reconnect with who we are so that we can then choose who we want to be okay so i'm going to just say stop and then i want you to try it are you happy to do that let's go okay so um so we're going to just talk about something like oh wouldn't it be nice to have lunch? I'm so hungry.
1: Are you? Um,
0: it's midday. <laughs> what are you going to have for lunch? And then, What are you going to have for lunch? I'm going to have some soup. Because okay. it's a little bit cold now. <laughs> what are you going
1: to have for lunch? I did already have lunch, actually.
0: Uh,
1: I Yeah, I've, I've already had lunch.
0: <laughs> That's nice. I'm jealous. So um, on that note, I would just like
2: you to stop. And just notice.
0: Notice how you feel, how your clothes feel on your body. If you're wearing a bra, your bra straps, your, your chair, how it feels underneath your thighs.
2: Wiggle your toes, just take it in. Maybe you feel the air as it touches your lips when you breathe in and out. Or in your case, June, your lips are closed. So maybe your lips feel dry.
0: And just notice, so you just notice, so this is a technique that takes you from all the stuff, again, that's being fed at you and helps you to stop and choose what you want to engage in. All of this is about choosing how you want your your mind and your body to be. So the best way to use this technique, um, if you're not going to have sessions with me, is to, uh, really, really easy thing to do is to take some post-it notes and just write stop on them. Mm-hmm. so you write stop on some of them and write breathe on another one maybe write move on another one and then you put them in different places in your house so the stop technique one you might put by uh the front door uh, or you might you might put it on your computer to remind you that when you look up to stop yes so that or you just put it to the side so when you're when you're working you look up you see the bright post note. it says stop you just stop for a minute and it allows you to recalibrate. You take a breath in, take a breath out, and then you start again. And you've got more focus. You've got more um, intention. You're not just doing uh, everything in a panic. If you put a post note that says "Breathe" maybe next to the kettle, and then while you're waiting for it to boil, rather than standing on your phone like this, you can just take a breath in and breath out, and do that a couple times while you wait for the kettle to boil, and you will transform how you feel. Um, and then if you put one maybe that says "Move." Um, on the hallway before your front door then when the doorbell goes and the amazon delivery driver is waiting for you outside you can sort of dance your way to the front door which gets your blood flowing and again takes you out of this kind of rigid i'm sitting at my desk like this all day and gets you moving and, and gets you feeling more alive so there's really simple strategies you can use which will transform how you how you treat your body and how you nurture your mind and will make you more productive but it will also open up doors for you in ways that you currently find difficult to believe are possible.
1: Amazing thank you so much for for talking us through all of this so if people want to know more about you and find out some of more about some of your therapies where can they go?
0: Uh, The easiest way is to go to happyhealthyholistic.com and just make sure you spell holistic right because people sometimes don't
1: spell it so you might need to google
0: that but happy healthy holistic.com
1: wonderful great well thank you so much for taking the time to to walk us through breathe us through some of these therapies i've, I've really enjoyed it it's been fascinating um and also it's been great learning about some of these different experiences you've had all over the world and um, and how healing some of these these therapies are for lots of people it's been great so thank you so much Thank you for having me. It's been wonderful talking with you. Wonderful. And thank you so much for watching. If you'd like to know more about conscious style and transformation, please check out the website, minionetlondon.com. And if you enjoyed this video, then I would love it if you liked it, shared it, and subscribed. Thank you so much. See you next
2: time.